Peace, and welcome to the Tailored Healing Collective Podcast. This is a space for, but never limited to, people of color for discussing sacred plant medicine, pregnancy, parenthood, and more. You know, there's such a stigma on who can open the floor for conversation on these topics that are viewed as taboo or even inappropriate. This fact alone has made so many become fearful of the very thing that could help us rebuild families, create our own businesses, and most importantly, trust our role in this world as future ancestors. So wherever you are, take a cleansing breath and do your best to listen with an open mind, heart, and spirit, and let love lead the way. I'm your host, Taylor. Peace, and welcome to the Tailored Healing Collective podcast. I wasn't once again expecting to do these episodes, but I tried to do my best to give out a message when I feel called to, especially if I'm given the time, space, and opportunity to do so, and both of my babies just happen to be sleeping right now. So... I've seen quite a few articles over the weekend popping in and out of social media that have been talking a lot about mothers and, you know, being curious about psychedelics and how they can ease the stress of parenting. And I have a few thoughts on this that I'm going to share today. It's really weird because when I came into this space, And the experiences that I had during my pregnancy, you know, I was constantly looking for people talking about this and I just did not find very much, at least none that were like openly and consistently vocal about this specific realm. Like there were people here and there, but not like, okay, this is what it is and this is how it can help you. And that was when I was about 32 weeks pregnant. Uh, I am now four months postpartum. So I have slightly different views on how I entered the space than how I feel right now. I feel weird when I see these articles. I feel really weird because when you think about parenting and all of us who've been attempting to heal our trauma and our past, we talk about how stressful it is. I would be absolutely lying to you if I said that there aren't times where my toddler is having his own emotional challenges he's going through, and I call it stress, like he's stressing me out. But it's not so much stress. It is me still trying to tap into what that feels like to be a new human on this earth, figuring out emotions, figuring out limits and rules and just everything that this plane has to offer right now. And because my soul doesn't remember every single thing about what that feels like, because throughout time and being raised by my parents, those walls have kind of been stripped down. You know, when a baby comes into this world, you just have love, you know love, you are love. And then you transition from a newborn to a toddler and those emotions start to build up a little bit. And on the parent, it can seem very frustrating because, you know, they have these wild emotions and they're getting into everything. And, you know, you're just trying to understand, why won't you listen to me? But then that cycle kind of repeats itself over time. Like when they go transition from toddler to 
more of a child and then a child to a preteen and a preteen to a teenager and a teenager to an adult. And, you know, it, it just keeps on going. And for a lot of us, getting older has like kind of stripped that away, depending on what household you were raised in. So going back to the whole, you know, this is easing the stress of parenting. When I did my first journey um, with my son present, it was interesting because all I wanted to do was be down on his level. I didn't want to stand over him and talk to him. I didn't want to get angry when he was curious about something, you know, even if it was inconveniencing what I wanted or needed in the moment. I just wanted to be there with him. And it was the best day ever. Um, this was during pregnancy for me. We were at the beach and I remember just like following him around and watching him so happy to just explore and be there. He didn't care what he ran into. He didn't care if he fell. We were on the beach. It was, it was beautiful. He got to see me laugh. And I, th I think I described this in like one of my very first episodes talking about my journey. He was like looking at me like it was just the oddest thing to see me laugh because for as long as he had been there on the outward world with me, I had this very serious demeanor on my face. Like I would never let myself like truly laugh or be happy. I was mama, you know, I'm smiling, cooing at him, but like truly laugh and that curiosity. Like I don't really see her do this, <laughs> but it's interesting. It's funny. I want to laugh with her too. I obviously do not have the experience yet of my, my babies being older children yet. But whenever I'm learning a lesson, I take everything in observation. I think psychedelics will definitely hold a major role for a lot of mothers, parents, fathers, you know, when raising their children, because it will allow you to start getting that remembrance back. But if you want to talk about it stressing the ease of or easing the stress, words mixed up, easing the stress of parenting, I think you kind of have to look at what stress is and why we have it in the first place. Stress is accumulated for many reasons. It can be from the food we eat to the media we consume to our genetic code to the people we surround ourselves with, to the environment that we're in. It, it plays into so many factors. And I don't have a scientific explanation for this. This is just coming from the heart. But if you have all these different things in life that are kind of shaping what stress is for you, you have to start narrowing it down to back when you were a kid. Like, what were you worried about when you were a kid? Were you worried your parents weren't going to come home? Were you worried that you wouldn't get anything to eat? Or were you worried that you wouldn't have fun that day? Most likely not. Not until someone put that in your awareness that you could not do those things. I could be wrong, but that's just, you know, my views and perspective. And that's because if I guess you're talking about chakras and, and the things that I have learned throughout life, like you, the development period, like when you're a baby, you only expect to be fed and cared for. That's it. You don't think, oh, what if I don't get food today? And what if I don't have enough money? You don't think like that. 
And yes, we say they're babies. They don't know about bills and anything yet, but they also don't have that awareness that we have as adults that has been hindered and repressed to make us think that that's all life is, is worrying and stress and anger and sadness. Like I've gotten to a point where I'm tired of talking about healing and trauma all of the time. And it came into my awareness because I talked to my brother not too long ago. And he said, Taylor, every time we get on the phone, we talk about three things, Disney, trauma. And I, I can't even remember what the third thing was, but he was right. And I couldn't say anything. And it hurt, but I had to self-correct. You know, I don't want every time I call my brother for him to think all we're going to talk about is our sadness, our our trauma bonding and then a company that benefits off of trauma bonding. I was a Disney kid too, so that's all we talk about. Starting to reshape what our kids' futures may look like starts with ourself and really going back into that inner child. I have, That was my very first um, single that I put out. It's weird to even think of myself like that, but... Um, I put out an EP with my sound bowls and it was called Inner Child. And I believe I said I couldn't be misquoting myself. When I was a child, I thought like a child, but now I was no longer a child. My walls went up and then the walls build and build and build. And then you have so many. We're so worried about this stress we have right now. We're not even becoming aware of what their lives may look like. We think, oh, because I'm healing this right now. I was sitting with my babies and I was like, you know, they're probably going to be in the future and wonder why did they just talk about stress all the time and trauma? Why didn't they just like recognize it and let it go? Because I believe that the children of the future are going to be that aware that, yeah, for us, it's amazing because we're, we're waking up to things that happened in childhood that kind of shaped our current mindset. But at some point, we also have to let that go and move on from it. You have to discover something new. And that new discovery for me is that, at least for me, psychedelics are not always the answer. I think that I've journeyed at least enough so far with myself. I didn't say I'm done, but I think I've journeyed enough where sometimes I have to just sit back and say, okay, you talked about healing, you do healing work, you're constantly working on yourself, but you're also a mother to these babies. And if all you talk about is how they stress you out and then emphasize they're bringing you stress and they're, what focus are you giving them? What energy are you giving them? They're going to grow up and think, damn, all I did was stress you out. I was just here to love you. <laughs> when Even when my son does things, like and I'm working on it right now because we're deprogramming and learning every single day. I won't lie, he's cocked back and hit me a few times. like, <laughs> And it's not easy to be reactionary to that. But each and every time I have to remind myself, you know, rather than letting it bring me stress, where is his head at? Not where mine is, because if a grown adult tried to swing back and hit me, I'm ready to fight. Not really. But, you know, if you want to think like people think now, I'm not a fighter. Um, but sometimes he wants my attention. Sometimes he wants to see what cause and effect is. You know, th there's a multitude of reasons why he does what he does. But when I look at that as something that he's doing, like in his mind, like, yeah, I don't like her. You know what? I'm whining back in here. <laughs> like, he's not there. He's two. 
<laughs> we can't look at them as adults. I've had, since I started, you know, being different on my platform when I relaunched the Sound Bowl Mom and then now Taylor Valera, I, when I decided to become open about this, I didn't know it was going to go where it's gone. And I've gotten quite a few people inboxing me. They heard me on a couple of different podcasts. You know, they want to know how much should you dose and is it safe while breastfeeding and these are a lot of questions I can't really answer for anyone else except myself because you only feel as safe as you feel, if that makes sense. You know, I could say, yeah, if you just take 0.35 of this, you know, you'll be good, girl. But, you know, 0.35 may send you over the edge. I don't know because I don't know you and I don't know your experiences and what you can tolerate. You know, I've been someone who's kind of been... I don't want to say fearless, but I'm, I've always been willing to jump into the unknown because in the unknown, like, is almost ecstasy there. You you have no clue, but you do know what's going to happen. So it's like you just got to let go at some point. And if I could leave my children anything, is that kind of wealth and knowledge that we make things to be so much bigger than they are. They are big, but like because we're a part of them, and can never be separate, it just, it's a lesson. That's all. I'm going to leave that part at that. It's a lesson for sure. So I, again, I can't really, I can't answer for these mothers who have inboxed me asking, you know, is it safe and how much should I do and what kind of much? I've been led on this journey simply by being open open to experience, open to asking as many questions as possible, and sometimes open to just being. And it's a process. It's not like, oh, I'm just perfectly aligned and everything. Like most of my days are pretty rough, especially as of lately, because I take in a lot of information. You know, I never stop learning. And sometimes when you learn certain things and you can't unlearn them, you have to sit on them and think about them for a while. And that's why these articles that I've seen stood out to me, because it's like, when I started this, I thought I was just like sharing experience. But now, you know, I'm getting to a point where I see you don't, it's a band-aid, just like anything else. I was on a podcast the year I had my son talking about how I consciously used cannabis to help me heal from trauma. And then I realized like cannabis has become a band-aid too. I think it's a tool, but it has also become a band-aid for a wound that I wasn't ready to let heal yet. It's like, okay, I'm gonna keep smoking. I'm gonna keep congest or ingesting edibles and you know, it'll just ease the calm of the storm I don't wanna look at right now. It, that part really never, never made sense to me because we all have to face it at some point. There's no amount of weed, no amount of psychedelic trips you know, no prescription drugs that are going to change your current reality until you're ready to. And when you're ready to, these doors start opening. And lately, mine have been flying open door by door by door. And it's taken me for a whirlwind, um, which is why I don't believe I can always answer these questions that mothers have for me. Because I am not your truth. I can't tell you your truth. Only you can these aren't questions I can really answer for you. It's like going to a doctor and saying, oh, doctor, tell me what's wrong with me. They'll say, oh, you know, you got 
I don't know, fibroids or something like that. Okay, well, how do I fix it? And they'll give you a couple remedies. Okay, so you have the remedies. And then you go about your life doing the same stuff you were doing before. Oh, I got fibroids again. How do I eliminate them? You know, you have to seek these solutions yourself. And I've seen many people take charge of their healing, you know. They'll change their diet. You have to start changing things, stepping outside of your comfort zone in order to see you know, how can I finally close the wound so that I can move on and have new experiences? The wound of childhood, of motherhood, you know, that I've heard. I don't even like looking at it as a wound. And I guess I tend to be a bit optimistic with things, even though I know they're double-sided. Um, but looking back on it, at least today in my truth, I can say that having a C-section in the hospital was not a trauma for me. It wasn't the easiest thing in the world, being separated from my son, being under bright lights, hyperventilating because nobody was around me. My family wasn't in the hospital, none of that. But when I look at my child today, I say, wow, that was worth the journey. I'd do it all over again because I wouldn't have had the awareness. I wouldn't have had the strength. I wouldn't have had the motivation to say, hey, I want another baby. I want to do that again. I just think it's really important to start reshaping your mind and how you look at things. And that does not mean feeding yourself a false reality. Because you have to understand that there's two sides to every story. Parenting is not meant to be easy. It is a learned experience every single day. And sometimes I get up and I'm like, damn, I got to do this again because it's a learned experience. You're learning how to continue lineage. And one thing I've heard that's like, it, it makes me sad. Maybe it's just because I'm a mother, not because I'm all like pro-choice, pro-life or anything like that is I've heard a lot of people like, you know, announcing they don't want to have children, which is fine. If you don't think having children is for you, then it's not for you. You know, there may be things in your life or experiences you've had, you know, that say, yeah, children don't belong in this world. But like, how do you think you got here? So you think you don't belong either? Why? Because inflation was a little bit lower when, in the 90s or the 80s or whenever you were born. They say they don't want children because we live in this big capitalist society. And it's like, so you, you're scared or you don't want to have children because of what's going on in a world that is trying to already control you. So let's just eliminate the problem of children altogether. <laughs> like, that's not really going to solve the problem because you're still going to have to live through it. You're still going to either sit here and be an observer and never do anything to change it. And again, having children is not for everybody. Some people have things happen to them where they're like, nope, I can't do it. But I just want to simply make people aware, like when you make this grand statement of why you do not want children, think about why that is. And don't just blame it on society and capitalism. Like, why is it that you specifically do not think that life should continue to be sustained on this planet? Is it because you think the world is going to end? Because the world has end ended many times. Is that the reason too? This is not to encourage people to go out and get pregnant. That is not what I'm saying. I'm not here for that. Like, that's, <laughs> I just want to make that clear because I know people misinterpret messages and like, well, she said this and she said that. And no, I'm just here to speak truth. That's all I've ever been here to do. 
That's my purpose in life from what I'm learning, and I'm learning to also become comfortable with that. Um, I must have been meant to give this message this morning because neither of my babies are up right now, and usually the minute I move from one of them, they wake up. Anyway, <laughs> personally, I'll be honest, I don't want any more kids, but not because I think that no children should be brought into this world. I think that I've learned my, my lesson, my, my mission, at least thus far. And mine is one of balance and duality, meaning the same thing, but you know, I just had to use two words just because uh, I have a boy and I have a girl, I have a masculine and a feminine. I learned different lessons from each experience, and when I look at them, you know, and go through life with them in the day-to-day, I learn balance every single day, and everybody has a different lesson to learn, but then we all have similar lessons to learn about life and its foundations, and why we're here, and how long life is supposed to be, and how we can take care of ourselves and take care of each other, and part of what I'm doing right now, giving these messages... I could say, yeah, it's just, it's so stressful to think about their futures and what's going to happen. I'm actually not stressed. I'm really excited for their future. I'm excited to sit back and see what my children do with the world, especially based off of the things that I've done. Like I've even had like astrological readings before, before I started coming into more awareness where it'd be like, well, your son is a Pisces moon, so he's going to have a bad relationship with his mother. And I've seen TikToks that say, oh, I feel bad for you if you have a mom and you're a Pisces moon. Like, I'm like, damn, so he's going to hate me? (laughs) I don't hate my mom. I have certain feelings, you know, about her and things that she's done, but I also am just an observer because that's her experience. And luckily, it's not too late for me to realize that it's never too late. I don't think my son will ever hate me. I think he loves the hell out of me. I think he's almost possessive of me a little bit at times. But I'm, I say, I go back. I'm, I'm very excited to see what they do with the future because knowledge only continues. And my mother never taught me any of the things that I'm learning right now. And that's not her fault. That was not her purpose to serve. Her purpose to serve was to birth me so that I could birth this knowledge so that I could give this back to my children and then kind of close the chapter on the lack of being free from thinking what our children should look like and what our children should do. I made some videos early in the year where I would be on, I'd be scrolling and every video I came across, these are the signs if your children has autism, he'll walk on his tippy toes, he'll flap his hands, he'll do this, he'll do that. I'm like, but don't all kids do that? And then they would say, oh, you might, you might be an autistic adult if you do this, if you do that, if you do that. I'm like, but we're just people, all different. Why do we all need these names and these labels? Do they make you feel better? Do they make you feel, like, important? And I know some people, like, their excuses, they use it as, you know, if I know these things about my child, I can figure out how best to, how best to help him. But help him do what? Acclimate into a, another society that is going to put a label on you anyway? I don't personally care too much at all whether I am autistic, whether my child is autistic, whether my grandchildren will be autistic, because it's just a name for a behavior and traits and qualities. 
You could also call someone bipolar. Call them angry. Call them crazy. It, it doesn't matter. We have this huge knowledge that's been closed off. Like, it's so small. Like, it could be expanded so wide, but it's, like, been put in this box and stored away, you know, with all of, like, all the old Christmas and Thanksgiving decorations and everything that you forget about and you don't even think about anymore. And then you just allow yourself to be sucked into any and everything. At the beginning of this parenting journey that started for me, that I'm still at the very beginning of, all I was doing was comparing myself. Am I raising my kid right if I do this? Well, what about this? Well, what about this? Parenting is a learning process, just like going to college or choosing to pursue any kind of higher education is a learning process. Sometimes you have to step away and think about what you're learning and then apply. When my son hits me or he's upset or frustrated or can't communicate with me, I could do one of two things. I could be upset and say, you need to learn your words. You need to learn some English. <laughs> you need to figure out how to communicate with me better. But maybe it's me who needs to learn to communicate better. Get down and figure out what it is that he needs and wants and help him express that. And when it gets hard for me, remember to come back to self. TMI, but we've been working on potty training lately. <laughs> and I only say TMI because I don't know who's listening. And you might be like, well, don't talk about that on a podcast. But we've been going through this thing lately where... I, because I'm with the newborn too, I haven't been picking up on his signals when he has to use the bathroom. And so he's been very curious about what's in his behind lately. So I'll come in the room, looks like a peanut butter shit show <laughs> everywhere. And my my husband comes and, oh, it's everywhere. Like I'm like, okay. I have to go to him. I have to clean up. I've had to learn to stop saying, oh my God, there's poop everywhere. Like, because he's looking at my reaction. Yes, it's stressful to think about literal shit being everywhere, but it's also not the worst thing in the world. So I've worked on saying, hey, it's okay. We just have to work on signals next time. Rather than freaking out in front of him because he thinks he's doing something wrong. He has a natural body process that's going on. He's not yet acclimated to using the bathroom. If he sees, if you see somebody freak out, like you do something new, they're like, oh my God, I can't believe you did that. Why are you doing that? Like naturally the human response is like, damn, what did I do wrong? And you have to think about kids, like in the way they look at that, they're like, well, what did, what did I do? I don't even understand. I just had something come out my butt and I was curious about it. If I freak out or if you freak out, I'm going to freak out. And like the first two times I think that I did that, he started crying because I was upset and I wasn't mad at him. I was just like, there's shit everywhere. But I say all that to to say they're they're looking at your reaction to everything, whether that's quote unquote stress, whether that's anger, whether that's disengaging, like your children pay attention to everything. And I know we know this, but I have to reiterate because this is something I have to be aware of every day. And it's why I'm up recording this podcast right now because I've the past few days I've been doing or attempting to do a better job at getting them into nature. 
not cutting on the television, even if I call it learning because it's easy for me. Because I started realizing, I used to compare myself to parents because they're like, oh, there's nothing wrong with putting your kids in front of the TV all day because they're learning. And I think about the life I want for my kids. I want them to see everything. I want them to explore everything, meet everything. And I caught him watching. I didn't catch him because I turned it on. He was watching Mickey Mouse Clubhouse. And there's the end credits where the characters are dancing and he's just mimicking them. And immediately, like, I felt repulsed. I'm like, Taylor, turn it off. Turn it off. And this is not a judgment. If your kid watches Mickey Mouse Clubhouse, that's fine. Mine still watches it in increments, but I'm trying to, like, cut it out altogether. It's going to be a process because he loves Mickey. But, um... It, it repulsed me because I'm just like, this is what I'm doing every day because I can't, I haven't figured out how to properly manage my time yet. And I blame it on stress and having two children. There's women who's had, women who have had tribes of children who they did not stick in front of a television. Why am I doing this to mine? He was in like this hypnotic trance where he was mimicking what animated characters were doing. It's like, you're smarter than that. This is what you're spending your time doing. And that doesn't mean I'm trying to put him in front of, you know, a piece of paper and do some long division. It means I'm not challenging his mind. And then I'm letting somebody else do it. I think everything is a tool for a reason. Some moms will say, oh, well, I don't have the time. You know, sometimes I just got to stick him in front of the TV. I'm, I can tell you this. I'm a new mom of a newborn and a two-year-old. I help my husband manage his business. I do my best to get a podcast out every single week. I'm trying to manage my house. I'm learning about finances. I am pursuing higher learning in my own right right now. And I sometimes throw my children in front of the TV because it's easier for me. When in reality, I know that I could make the time if I really wanted to. Hence why the past few days we've been going out to the lake, to the park, like anything to conduct us back to nature. And then everything in balance. I don't. I haven't completely cut him off from the TV. I do hope to very soon, but I can't. It's like feeding somebody higher spiritual information. You can't just cut them off and be like, "Yep, this is the Matrix. Blow it wide open." Like it, it's gonna have to be in bits and pieces in order to learn. So right now, and this is not me once again promoting anything. This is just my personal experience because I am still learning, and I'm an ever learning being. I let him watch it sometimes, but then I'm like, okay, that's enough because I do want him to be observant of the duality that there is a life out there where children are put in front of televisions all day, you know, because their parents are stressed and they're tired and they just need a mental break. We wouldn't need as many mental breaks from our children if we treated our mental a little bit better if we took care of it, if we paid attention to what we were consuming constantly and eating and the people we were surrounding ourselves with. If we want to use, once again, I'm going to use this word stress a lot today because it was a trigger word in, the, in these articles. I saw one on NPR, one um, another page used. Sometimes it makes me worry a bit when I think about the repercussions of what will happen if I continue to let certain things come into my son's awareness. But 
I also know that my children are highly intelligent, as all children are. And me just cutting everything out is not going to solve the issue. Me helping him understand what each thing serves, like what purpose it has, will help him see like, okay, mama's doing this because of this. She's turning off the TV so we can color instead. She's taking me outside so because she wants to spend time with me. And I know like everybody's situation is different. Some people work, you know, some people stay at home, some people have nannies, some people send their kids to daycare. Everybody's situation is different, so you're going to have to kind of figure out what works for you. But again, going back to what I said, children pick up on everything and the way that it is interpreted. My mother came down here a few weeks ago to visit and <laughs> You know, she kind of, I don't say she judges me. She she brings up when she sees my, my son do something. She's like, oh, you said you wanted to practice this gentle parenting. <sighs> I don't even like that term anymore, honestly, because what is gentle parenting? They think gentle parenting is permissive parenting, letting your kid do whatever they want. Because if that's the case, I guess my son does what he wants all the time. He's cocking back, hitting people. <laughs> it's being understanding of their emotions and their needs in the moment and to be aware of that takes a lot of self-reflection self-reflection in the moment self-reflection after it's an integration period just like with psychedelics you know you can have the best trip in the world but did you apply anything after or did you just go back searching for more as someone who's constantly looking for information, I do understand you have to sometimes take breaks and apply. Hence why I've taken a large step back from participating. And it's like, well, Taylor, that's all you've been talking about on this podcast, interviewing women, talking about the role psychedelics play. Psychedelics are great, but imagine if the same power, the same understanding you were looking for, these tools, these plants, these fungi to give you, Imagine, just imagine, if you found that all on your own. But see, we have to become more aware and awake to get to these points. And again, I am learning every day. Sometimes I get this this insult. I consider it an insult. <laughs> but all in good humor from my husband where, you know, I'll, I'll give him some knowledge I just learned. He's like, yeah, Taylor, I know you're the all-seeing eye. Like... Why do you say that? Like, and you say it with such like, I don't know. Like, you're, you don't like what I have to say because it sounds like I know everything. And I've gotten this from people I've tried to share information with, hence why I have to be careful about who I talk to. Um, but it's never like I think I know everything. I'm just observant of logical fact. And sometimes logical fact means becoming aware to unlearning everything you've learned so far to becoming better for your kids to becoming better for your relationship and most importantly becoming better for yourself so to all of those moms who have questions about psychedelics and helping you know them be better parents and ease the stress of parenting and making their experience with their children better overall, I encourage you to do some self-reflection on 
what kind of relationship it is you're seeking and then kind of like fill in the gaps of what you feel like you've been missing and when you can put the two together you may analyze the experience as something different your relationship with psychedelics or the one you haven't developed yet may change and you may be able to look at things through a different lens so i'm gonna wrap it up today as always this has been the taylor healing collective podcast and until next time let love lead the way peace time you laughed how pure that joy felt full ecstasy that made your heart glow when i was a child i thought as a child but when i was no longer a child my walls went up i no longer thought as a child my place that was once magical and filled with wonder was suddenly full of hopelessness and limitations when I was a child, I thought as a child. Now that I'm no longer a child, I have to be reborn again. And so I speak life into myself. I reparent myself with compassion. I trust in my innocence and vulnerability. It is safe for me to trust. It is safe for me to love. It is safe for me to get things wrong. It is safe for me to let go. It is safe for me to be present. I am healed. I am amazing. I am supported. I am becoming the very person I dreamed about when I was a child. When I was a child, I thought as a child. I still am that child. <laughs>